Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. Yes, he has giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed, walk out of the middle class, become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book, The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated, of the day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep, just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids, or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This book is free 99. Yes, you heard me. Free 99. Okay? All you for free. Yes. Free 99. All you have to do is just pay shipping and handling. That's it. $9.95 just to get your free book. This book is a life 
changer i'm trying to tell you guys everything in this book is what antonio taught myself in grace that enabled us to retire yes we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet Woo! i'm just saying i got a few months to go don't worry about it Shh, don't nobody need to know that girl <laughs> you don't look it that's it go get it Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom, and this book is your journey. All right, we're going to stay in this same energy. You can plant better. You can dominate. We're going to stay in the same energy, all right? Same energy. But first, let me re-ask you that question. You're the president of what and and have how many of what? Yeah, go ahead. No, so it's um, NARAB, National Association of Real Estate Brokers, um, is a trade association that is has um, 90 chapters all across the, all across the United States. Um, it has affiliates. One of the affiliates of the affiliates is RIMBY, which is the Real Estate Management Brokers Institute. Um, it has a number of, of other affiliates. It's a commercial affiliate, and um, but RIMBY happens to be the affiliate that I'm the president of. So we have a, a reach of 90 chapters, the full 90 chapters across the country that, um, um, you know, as it relates to real estate. So it's, there's a, a story behind how and why Remby was established and um, where they were established in 1947, not Remby, NARAB was established in 1947 um, in a time when we weren't able to be uh, purchased real estate much less own businesses. And, you know, there's a whole history behind it. And it is a, um, um, uh, one of the probably the premier learning institutes as it relates to real estate. There's a lot of information there and they're learning an educational platform that they, that's, that they have is definitely, I think is, you know, under, under, undersold. It's not represented enough, but that's what that's 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 what that is. So Remby is a is an affiliate of NARAB, which happens to be the National Association of Real Estate Brokers. Um, so they've been recognized by HUD, and um, you look them up, you see some of the things they've done. They write every year, um, every year um, at the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, is um, the Sheba report is updated. State of state of housing in Black America is done, and you get the statistics there. The stats are done. Um, you know, for um, home ownership in Black America and how how it really fares. So, and how it's faring. And um, last year, found that that it was 1968 was when the Fair Housing Act was um, um, initiated. And when they did the numbers were was all tallied up. The numbers were no different in 68 than they were in 2019. So it wasn't, you know, much different. So that made it known that it wasn't an act that was gonna, it wasn't a act of Congress that was gonna change, you know, that that was gonna change anything, it was something more needed. So um, that's part of, and NARAB's uh, theme is democracy and housing. So um, that's the access part of it, you know, having access to, that um and that reach to those chapters so gotcha um yeah gotcha so that so you're a big deal pretty much pretty much so here's your okay go ahead 
So here is your challenge. We need to stay on sales, I mean, excuse me, emotional intelligence in real estate. And I wanna take us from the beginning to the end and all over in between. And we'll see how that works out. First off, let me pause for necklace appreciation and identification. <laughs> as Adonia is sitting there. I told you I was going to be matching. Look at it. Look at it. She in in quarantine conditions. Her and law is going to stay dressed to impress. That is it. That is it. Five in the morning, her curls be popping. Yeah, she is styling as usual. You are right, Pam Norris. So her necklace is matching <laughs> the line in her shirt and probably her shoes and whatever else who knows i just want to do that necklace identification and appreciation there we go now we've paid our bills with the advertisers <laughs> necklace we can get back to the radio show now okay <laughs> emotional intelligence real estate i have a scenario i'm going to throw you a bunch of scenarios maurice and i want you to fix these scenarios with emotional intelligence okay Bunch of scenarios. I want you to fix these things. Scenario number one I do not have a down payment that I need to buy my own personal house. Forget being a real estate investor. I just want to start by buying my mom a house, me a house, whatever, my family. And I don't have a down payment. But I have a job. I've got stable income. I've got decent credit. I have the ability to pay, but I don't have down payment. What kind of emotional intelligence and resources can you give us to handle that situation? So, um, you've been on your job for two years. You have a minimum of two years. You have the money. You have, I mean, no, no down payment. Um, in that particular case, I would definitely recommend that you go through um, a housing counselor or come through um, a housing counselor and put you pair you with a lender that has and likes to use. And the key word is has and likes to use, like to use down payment assistance programs because there are some lenders there. Not every lender is good to be paired with every, with, with, with every buyer because um, often that buyer takes a lot of, a little bit more work. You know, that buyer is someone that it takes a little more work to work with that person. You have to have the ability and the desire to want to do that work and to do those extra steps. Because often, um, you know, um, some banker or brokers or, or, or lenders, you know, want the easier easier deals. The ones, that, the, you know, FICO score, the 20% the, the, the down, the easy deals, the ones you walk, walk in. So I would, I would pair them with the right lender, pair them with the right situation, and which would be someone that has some down payment assistance programs and help navigate and it would be a partnership <clears throat> and we would that person you know with with technology they're going to come to you with a lot of the work done anyway they're going to come to you with a lot of information and i would just um you know would just help them to stay where they are you know and then continue to, to 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 meet i would meet them where they are and wherever they are, we would stay in that stay in that lane, and we would collect work together to find. You know, I would with my resources tap into, um, and one of the one of the one of the tap into one of those resources and find a down payment assistance program form, 
get the down payment. You know, they got everything else. That's that's a simple fix. Is finding them a down payment. You know, and then if it's an FHA product, the um, you know, the a portion of it could even be loaned <clears throat> from you know a family member. You know, often so that would be one of the ways that I would I would direct them to. And every state has them. It's just finding them. You know, finding which what they have. Some states have more than others. There was, and they always come up and they're always changing. Um, so, you know, that goes into why wow. and a lot of banks have, yeah, they, yes, sir. Yeah, no, no, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. I don't have the credit. I need to clean it up. But I got the job. I'm now, I wasn't taught about credit. What's the best way for me to clean up my credit? First thing Simple to do question. is bet. So first thing to do is to look at your credit. A lot of people don't do that. Oh, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. I know it's bad. I'm not going to look at it. First thing you do would be to look at it, pull a copy of your credit report, and um, get, and again, um, partner with a credit professional to look at it. And whatever industry that you're looking to purchase in, get them to pull your credit. So if you're looking to buy a house, have a mortgage person pull your credit. Don't get a you could get a free credit report. No, 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 don't start. Just get to have the industry that you're looking for pull the credit because they know what they're looking for. Instead of saying, well, I just had my credit pulled when I was getting a car loan, looking for a car last, last week, you know, and they told me this. Sure, but the, um, a car dealer doesn't have the, guy, the criteria that a mortgage person has that those student, um, not student loans, the hospital bills, they don't have the leverage that if they're two years old, they're not even going to consider those. You know, if your auto loan has less than 10 payments, they don't even consider that into your debt ratio. You know, but the mortgage person that's giving you the loan, he would know those things. So I would definitely first start with getting the credit report pulled from the source that you're seeking to get um, information from. So pull it from, so if you're looking for a mortgage, have them pull it. In, and um, often the right mortgage or mortgager that the banker that you're looking with will have programs for you that, you know, um, he can put, put, put you with, or put you with a credit repair person that, um, my thing is a person is 90 days away from being able to buy a home. I don't care what condition your credit is in. Most people are 90 days away from getting to a position to be a buy a home. It's just, so if you're not ready right now, first step is to pull that credit and, start looking at it and look at what it is. He's going to tell you, okay, I need this, 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 and this done. They have simulators now that they can spit it through mortgage company and tell you, this is what I need to get done in order to um, get you qualified. Do you got enough info in your head to break down that 90 days away from buying a home for quite some time? Huh? Yeah. Do you got enough info in your head? You can explain oh. that. Cause I, th I want to make the rest of the class about that. 90 days away from buying a home, that is precious. Oh, yeah. dog, you can teach advanced and, and beginners that. Let's do that. Right. 90 days away from buying a home, that's your belief. Break it down from start to finish. <laughs> so I'll say, yes, please share. <laughs> All right, so that's the, you got 40 minutes. I ain't even saying nothing. <laughs> Go ahead, give it away. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, um, you know, so if all right with the way, I mean, well, it, with the way, with if it's a HUD product. So if you don't have no credit, sometimes you're in a better position than someone with bad credit, 
because with the guidelines, HUD don't have a credit criteria. There's not a credit criteria for VA, and HUD is a VA is a HUD product. HUD doesn't have a credit criteria. It's not HUD what? itself. No, 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 no. They don't have a credit criteria. It's the bank overlays. So, okay, we, the, um, you know, let's say 12 of us that's here, we start a bank, and, and we have a bank, and we open a bank. And we say we're going to help sell HUD prop products, which is a HUD loan. HUD gives you, HUD gives you um, the um, criteria that your bank needs to meet. You need to make sure that the appraiser that you send out is certified in this category. You need to make sure that the uh, lender has this, but um, um, credit score is not one of those criteria that, that the borrower has to have. However, they also allow for the bank to be able to have overlays, which makes sense as business. So it's like, okay, you can, you can put an overlay. So HUD might say, we don't have a criteria, but the bank says we need 620 minimum. That's why you see it fluctuate. And that's why you'll see banks that'll say, well, we will lend to, we'll lend to credit scores up down to 580. We'll lend up to 620. Some banks, you, it fluctuates between the bank and it's the amount, depending on the amount of risk that the bank wants to, sh to, to, to uh, uh, deal with at that time, you know, they determine, you know, what their risk is. So if they, you know, so, and then, so, so um, HUD doesn't have a criteria for a credit score. What, and what that allows for is that that bank can use alternative credit, which they tend to do. So if you don't, if you have, you come straight fresh out of school and don't have any debt or any credit or anything, what they're, what, what's, what the right, with the right lender and someone, you know, um, and, or know-how, you can have, they'll use your cell phone bill. You can use your um, rent payments now, now rent payments. One of the um, credit repair specialists that I use now, she has a system that, <clears throat> that allow for your rent, each month of your rent that you pay to be applied to your credit now. So there's a system the landlord got to get in and he put, put you in it and then your rent, they allow that to be, be classified as a tree line. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, so, that's incredible. Somebody should have shouted, keep going. That is incredible. So, um, yep, so the, um, you know, so the alternative credit is able to be used, the utility bill. They'll use, you know, your gas company bill. So that's a person that doesn't have any credit, fresh start, don't have anything, has a good job, been on a job for two years, and um, have the two trade lines and just need, or don't have the trade lines and just need something, can use alternative, they'll use, allow, allow for alternative credit. So they'll allow for alternative credit, and that's what the FHA product, 3.5% down, you have the credit score. Um, so let's say you don't have, that that and you have bad credit the best thing to do is to pull it out and pick it apart and see each and everything on it that's the best thing is to look at the credit report because what happens is we look at the credit and you might make and it what happens is because it becomes emotional and it's like that hospital bill that i wanted to pay and i know i should have paid or whatever it is that bill was you know sometimes you're thinking about it more than it really is going to affect you so it may not be, and one of the, the examples is that hospital bills tend to, for, the, for two years, they don't, if they, if, they, they're, if they exceed two years, they don't even apply that as a negative with mortgages. Um, your car loan, again, uh, to re repeat that, you know, the car loan, if you have less than 10 payments, if it's 10 payments or less, they don't even count that towards you. And the reason I repeat the car loan is because that's a big one. 
most of the times people buy, you know, and there's a can't, there's right now the, the national president of NARAB has as one of his eight points housed in the car, right? Because people buy a car first and the car payment kills you on your debt ratios. So sometimes if you're paying $400 a month for a car payment and you're, you barely, your income is at a, you know, um, debt ratio of 52 and you buy Car payment, I buy a car at four hundred. Car payment is gonna knock you out of the bar, knock you out of the game for me and being able to purchase a home. So it's buy your house first, then go get your car. Because once you got the house, any car dealer you walk into is gonna give you whatever car you want. Just go in and walk in there and walk out of there with whatever you want. I mean, and it's you know, you know, once you just the fact that you have the mortgage on there, and that's a fact. I tried that numbers of times, and it's just it definitely you know, um, once you buy the, you buy your home. So just do the house first and then buy the car. But um. Um, so, um, the car payments is, can knock you out of the, so knock you out of the park for debt ratio wise. So what'll happen is most mortgage, real estate people and your mortgage lender will tell you, once you get in the contract, they're going to tell you, don't go out and buy anything because what happens is you're talking about emotional intelligence, right? And we're talking about people that businesses that get your information <laughs> based on that. So the moment you apply for an application, a loan application, and you get in a, get approved, that list of names is sold, sent to somebody and somebody's buying that list. I just got approved for a mortgage and that list is sold to somebody. There's Humda data. There's something called Humda data, data that tells you every single loan that was sold in the city, state, every single state will tell you down to the ethnicity of who applied for a loan, not just, and then it tells you the originated loan, where it was originated, and then it'll tell you how many loans was actually given. So if that can be narrowed down to that, you know, that, that information is invaluable. So when you go, you buy, you apply for your mortgage, somebody going to get your data, then the furniture company is going to call you. You're going to get a call from the car dealership. That car, you're going to realize, just pop right up on your screen. You know, come apply for a loan. You qualify, but the moment you go get that and pull that car off the lot, you just blew your deal. Because at the end of the day, by the time you get ready to go to the closing table, they pull your credit one more time, and that, there it is, that car is sitting up there. Or they pull it and find it, and that car just blew you out the water for, um, for um, purchasing. And so let me get back to, you know, back to the part where, you know, prior to, without having um, the money to, 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 uh, apply. I just want to, I can't stress the fact of getting a copy of that credit report and don't be afraid to look at it, you know, and look at it. And, 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 and it, it's more, it's not as bad as you, it appears that you think it is. It not, it's not as bad as you think it is. It is most cases. And, um, I would have a lender pull it and, um, and it's important to, that your realtor or real estate professional that you work with pair you with a good lender that he has experience with and is, has experience with and know that he's willing. Now, we're talking about, a, 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 you know, this niche of, you know, not having the money and or I'm 90 days, I'm either in a bad credit situation, no credit situation, and no money. When I bought my first home, I had... I was in that situation. I had no credit. Um, I had um, 
I was working, I was cutting hair, I was a barber. And this was around the time when No Doc Loans had came out. You know, he wasn't, didn't need a loan, you didn't need um, uh, W-2s and tax returns. So I always had the ability to had the money. And I knew that in 60 days, I knew what amount of money I was able to be made, to make. So if you know that you got a 90 day window, you know what you make within from a night, from a, a 30, 60 to 90 day period, you know that you can put down a thousand dollars down, you know how much you got down and you know that you can touch, um, you can touch three to five thousand dollars. And a rule of thumb would be that it costs nine points to get into a property, about nine percent. And that's safe to say, it's a safe bet. To sell a hundred thousand dollars, it's gonna cost you nine thousand dollars to get into that property, roughly. Roughly give or take. So easy. So whatever do, dollar price point you're looking at, as far as a dollar, as far as um home ownership, it's gonna cost you nine percent. So if you don't have, let's say you don't have any of that money, you can go and get if you get um now this is where your down payment assistance program will come in. And then you can have, if, you, if it's an FHA product, you can, and you can also get 6% seller assist. They'll allow 6% of that to be given back to you from the home seller. 3% if it's a, if it's a FHA, if it's a foreclosed property or bank owned property. So you can get 3% back if it's bank owned, 6% back if it's seller, seller, if it's owned by a seller. So it just seems like, okay, it just makes sense to say, find me properties and give me somebody that's willing to give me 6% seller assist back. They only got to come up with 3%. Oh, wait, I got a down payment assistance, that's assistance program that's going to give me that 3%. So that is um, one option. Um, so with, and it comes down to, it comes back to the credit of wherever the credit is. So um, you can combine down payment assistance programs, their state programs and local city programs. <laughs> that are down payment programs. You just have to find out which ones are combinable. A lot of times the lender don't want to do deal with them because it's a little more work. It's a lot more work. And often they don't make as much money on a down payment assistance product. You know, so a lender you want, so you want a lender and anytime you're doing anything with real estate or anything, with anything, anything, um, not just real estate, anything, find a specific specialists that specialize in that what it is that you so if you're going to deal with an attorney with a divorce or a, 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 a lawsuit don't just go and get an attorney because he's an attorney get a special someone that special specializes in that particular field or that thing you want same thing applies to real estate you want a person that works with that has done a um down payment assistance program Work closely with a down payment. When I do home buyer seminars, I had one scheduled for the first of April, and it, it was it's at a school, and it, it was canceled because of everything that's going on. Um, yeah, I wanted to make it do it virtual, but it didn't have time to do it. Times to it, but the person that comes out to to one of the lender, the banks that I use, he does he he specifically has dealt with, and his his bank has down payment assistance product down down payment assistance money, and they um yes they are um, i mean they um so my point is just to bring deal with someone that has done it before or if you're looking for a 203k loan which is a 203k loan is now let's say you find a property that you find a property that's that needs repairs hud is a good place to find good deals 
Why I say that? Because a lot of times you walk into those properties and there's a lot of equity in them often. Foreclosures that bank own properties, in my opinion, in my experience, HUD probably is the best deals I've seen so far. Fannie Mae and Freddie, Fannie Mae. So Fannie Mae is the secondary market. They are, they are similar to HUD, but they are one of the largest holders of properties, bank-owned properties. Um, and what happens is, what Fannie Mae does is, they're, they buy, so let's say, again, we're, we're, we're a group of, of, and we're a bank, and we have $10 million, $10 billion to lend. We lend our $10 billion out. Once we lend our $10 billion out, we run, we're out of money to, um, we're out of money to lend, so we need to replenish our funds. Fannie Mae will say, look, we'll, we'll, buy, we'll, rep we'll buy your portfolio, provided it meets our criteria. You have all the people in there may have to need a six, 650 credit score. Um, I don't want to go too far off and then I think going too far into something else, but um, yeah, so, um, but Fannie Mae will buy the bank, buy that bulk of portfolio loans and then replenish your fund to make it possible for you to lend more money. Um, so, um, the first step would be to get your credit credit report pulled. Um, once you do find that you're, you know, once you you start to work to clear up those things, to get those things off your credit. A lot of times, there's things on your credit that's erroneous that may bump your score up. Credit is a funny thing, you know. Um, you know, you would think a lot of times people have this um, understanding of credit that. Well, if I pay off all my credit card, then my score should go up. That's not the really way it works on credit. That's why you want someone as a specialized person that deals with credit to explain it to you because you need to be paying into the credit, into, the, into your debts, even if it's nothing but the minimum. It's a good idea to pay it all off. This is as if you have to, you know, if you're looking to purchase and you want to use this vehicle, which is the, the you know, this credit vehicle to get into property you know, to get started, you just got to understand it enough to know how to utilize it to get to the point that you want to get to, you know, so. Okay, hold on real um, quick. Hold on yes, real quick. Let me, let me, yes. let me tell you a few things. Thank you. All this is new information to me because first off, yeah, um, I don't use credit to buy houses. I'm not mm -hmm. sure if y'all aware of that. I just don't. So I don't use credit and I got somebody named Michael Tate to handle my credit. I don't do none of this stuff. You know what I'm saying? I get <clears throat> deals where the numbers work and I ain't got to use my credit. I can use out of collateral or someone else's credit. This is just what I've been doing since 2008, period. <laughs> you just don't use your money and your credit. So I don't know none of this. All that new information for me. Now, take me from the beginning. Need you to, don't back up. I just need to get. I need to get some scenarios in which we can go, man. Because I just see, look, I look, my man Liddell and invited folk. He like, hey man, come here, bro. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so check this out. What's a hood? How do we find one? Where do we go? Like, take me from. Take me. Ain't nobody talking to you, Alexa. Ain't nobody asked you. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, you know, I don't have one new notification. Alexa, Alexa off. All right. There you go. Alexa spine. want her attention too. <laughs> spine. Just spine. I said mm -hmm. hood. 
how far away is she started giving me directions which is alexa off or is she always on mm. 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 Uh-huh. Right. yeah get ready to your new future Right. Wow. Yes, and 5G is going to extend that. The whole idea of offline or online will disappear forever, but that's wow. a different class. That is a privacy issue. It's why I believe in MeWe so much, but we'll come back to that when it's time. All right. I'm, here's the deal. I got, well, you can put any scenarios you want to, but I want to go get a house in 90 days. First scenario is I'm a regular person. I got a stable job. What's my steps? Second scenario is I'm a veteran and I don't really use my VA stuff. What's my steps? Let's roll with it. All right. <laughs> so regular job, ring, ring, Mr. Um, um, Mr. Mr. Muhammad, I'm looking to buy a house from you. I'm looking to buy a house. I, you know, I don't know what the steps to take. Um, I, I have employment. I have money to make, you know, I have all the money. I think I got enough to do it. Um, I don't know what to do. Okay. So I'm going to ask, you know, first questions is how long you've been on your job. Um, two years. Okay, good. Yeah. Two year work history. Um, do you know how good your credit is? Oh, I think it's the last time I checked, it was like 890. Okay. Wow. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. So that That's means, a fantastic score, man. It score. exceeds. <laughs> what is? I think the high to go is eight fifty. So okay, eight ninety. Let's roll with it. Yeah, eight ninety. So okay. Um, okay, go to eight ninety. That's what I'm talking about. Let's roll then. That's that, that I don't get credit. That good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> so it was last time, so at least I at least you know it's okay. So um, then you know what you would know where to pair that person with too. With what type of lender you're gonna pair him with? Also, because um, you know that you could put them with, because a lot of age, uh, so then I'll put them with a mortgage person. We will put him, pair him with a mortgage person, the right person that, you know, I think would fit his personality, because all that plays a part, too. You got to know your people. You have to know your mortgage lender. You have to know your title company and have, you know, which one you're going to partner him with, because deals blow up and they just, you know, personalities class, things all, you know, and one of the things in this business, the, the, the paperwork with automation and technology is nothing nowadays. You don't do that anymore. There was times when we used to, I used to walk out of the office with stacks of listing agreements and folders or folders and a folder, another, and my other arm contracts. So folders with contract packages and one folder with packages of listing packages. There was the whole layout of what it was required. You needed to list the property and what you needed to contract, sell a property. So nowadays with technology, that's not even necessary. So, what we're dealing with is managing expectations, you know, managing other managing expectations of people, you know. So um, with the person that doesn't have, he's a regular job, he has the credit, I will put him with the right lender, um, then get, the, get a pre-approval. So you would go with the lender. The first step is always to get a pre-approval. And for those that when your real estate professional asks you for a pre-approval, he's not being funny. Um, we don't move without a pre-approval and without a pre-approval to know the amount of money you qualify to purchase. So purchase a property. A lot of times, often you get people that will be offended. Oh, I got money. I can afford to buy. Why? That's an offense. You're offending me to ask me 
to pre-approve, you know, get a pre-approval. You can go to where you want to get a pre-approval from as long as you have a pre-approval. It could be your bank because sometimes you get, now you're getting to, into a per, you're dealing with a person's money. So when you ask those questions, so you have to know how to navigate through that sometimes because, you know, and you meet a person where they are, you know, and if they want to, want to, you, you help them to understand the importance of why you need a pre-approval because you get it because you don't, you need to know how much he qualifies for. You don't want to be showing them properties, you know, that's under his budget or over his budget. So um, you'll get a pre-approval. You get the pre-approval once that's done. And usually you, and you have a team and you have a team of people that you have worked with. You send them to that mortgage person. He's going to send them back to you. And after you got a pre-approval or send you a pre-approval, then you go out and you start shopping for mortgages, for properties. Um, a lot of times now with technologies, your buyer comes with a list of properties. What they don't know is that, though, is that they'll go to Zillow, they'll go to Trulia, they go to Redfin, uh, um, these different um, vehicles that have the properties. They don't know that they pull from the MLS. So your source, is, you're the primary source that these other parties are pulling from. And Realtor.com, all of those other um, other other entities will pull from. So they bring you these, these, these properties, which is great because it helps you to understand, especially in a time like now, that's invaluable because you may not even be able to get out and go to see the houses. You're going to start to see more virtual tours. And you may be able to start, you may start to buy, you may have to um, buy a house based on a virtual tour. I'm a HUD listing broker for HUD. They started this, and I didn't know where it was coming from. Like, why is this? Why are they doing this? It's a step we didn't have to do before. So first, you get the listing, and you go, you go view the listing. We used to go take the pictures, send the pictures back in. That was it. Once you put the listing up on the on the internet, that was it. This new asset management company that um, um, came up, absolutely virtual tours. Um, so this new asset management company that came that won the HUD contract they started having us to go out and doing virtual tours and now and but now that's coming becoming more invaluable now to sell hud properties so that was one of the parts so you take the pictures this but this software that does that for you so to give you the virtual tour of the property so what a hud property is is a hud property is a property that hud back so hud doesn't give you the loan hud is the government and they say we're going to insure the loan we ain't going to give you the loan. A lot of people think, well, I'm going, moving. you know what, I can't make my payment. I'm going to call HUD up. HUD, I can't make my payment. What can you do for me? You know, what can I do? It's not HUD that is. So that's why you're directed to a HUD housing counselor to help with that, with um, foreclosure default. So HUD insures the loan. So HUD is behind. That's why you can get a HUD loan with Bank of America or any bank USA can do a HUD loan because HUD is insuring the loan. They say, look, we'll insure the loan. Again, as long as it meets these criteria here, you're good. We'll approve you as a HUD bank. As long as you got, you have a processor, in-house processor, she'll prove to us that you have someone that's qualified in processing these loans. We'll let you be a bank and underwrite loans under us. And all those loans that go bad, we're going we're gonna to insure them. What that means is when they come back to the market, they find a broker. that, And they'll find a broker that they'll give the, lend, the, the homes to. And that's a HUD list, they call them a broad listing broker or L, broad listing broker. Some other states may call them something else. But the properties that come back, now why, do, why, are, you gonna, why are you gonna find the benefits? From, why would you, would you get a good deal from HUD is because there's an insurance policy on it. 
And HUD properties, when you buy or you take a mortgage out for HUD, um, HUD loans, that's why some lenders don't think that a HUD loan is always the best loan. Because HUD loans, you they put mortgage insurance for the life of the loan, regardless of, so you have mortgage insurance, which is an insurance for default. So you get the loan, you're going to have your mortgage payment. It's usually broken down into your mortgage payment, PITI, principal interest taxes and insurance, PITI. Principal interest, taxes, and insurance. Your principal interest, taxes, and insurance. What HUD does, and some other, some not just HUD, they add another layer of insurance underneath that insurance, which is mortgage insurance. You pay that through the life of the loan. Every single HUD loan that's out there has mortgage insurance on it. That's how they can afford to pay out and pay these liens out. So when the bank, when the when the property forecloses or defaults, you sub, HUD submits a claim. And the bank gets paid his money, he can then go reuse that money to borrow, lend, borrow something else. I'm not sure the nuances in the numbers. I don't know what those are. I really, really would like to find out. However, but it shows that there's something because when you get the deal, when it, when that property hits the market, it's under, it's not as um, it's always below most of, in most cases below market values, below value. So you get good deals with HUD. When you when and HUD is you can find HUD at um, HUDHomestore.com. That's the link for HUD properties. <clears throat> um, and I can it's um, HUDHomestore.com is where you can find all the HUD properties in any city or any state that you're in, and you can find those deals. One thing that's a trick about HUD is what I can tell you is that if the property sits on the market with HUD, HUD is time driven, and if it sits on the market for the longer it sits on the market, is a better chance you have of getting them to drop the prices. The HUD just ain't budging off their prices if you got a property that's been on for 30 days. And because one of the things is the before we go out to do our BPO, which is a broker price opinion, or give them the value, the opinion of value that we say, because they find a local expert in that in local industry expert, industry broker in that area, wherever the homes are, they're gonna find a broker in that area that knows that area. So they ask you, well, what's your opinion on the value? Well, I tell you, I know it's going to sell for $60,000. I know what these sold for, they sell for, I'm going to tell you. And then they send an appraiser out. So HUD has to go by what the appraiser gives them. And I didn't, it took me a lot of years to realize what that was. I'm like, they never put it on for what I tell them the value is. But that's because an appraiser goes out right after you get the listing. So you get the listing, then they send an appraiser out, and he gives them a value. And then they put that price up, property up for that value that the appraiser gives them. So um, depending on where you are, you can definitely find some good deals and walk into those deals with, um, with equity in them already. Um, and it's just add that one to your list of places to watch for good deals um, in, in the area okay, that you want to be in. Yeah. Give me a VA exist. Let's take care of our veterans for time right now. Give me a VA okay, example now. All right. So a VA, perfect example for a VA veteran. If you don't have, um, as a veteran, you you have a DD-214, you're a veteran. Um, same scenario. Um, and again, credit is not as as much of an issue as you would think. But go to a person that's done a VA loan first. Make sure that that lender has done some VA loans because it's a different type of loan. 
It's a different steps that go with it. So you want one that has done it before and one that specializes in it. <clears throat> so um, if you got the right realtor, realtist, and that's what most members of NARAP, they call themselves realtists because they are specialized. IST is one that's a specialist in something, you know, and you want to find, if you have one of those, they're going to have on their team somebody that they can recommend you to. So your agent, your professional should be one that is going to be able to give you the right person that he should be able to research and say, you know what, I'm going to look up and get this person, have this person that have done VA loans um, and then start the process with them. Um, VA loans, they're hundred um, percent. There's a fee that you pay. However, you can damn near walk into a VA loan without any money out your pocket. That was the whole purpose for the VA loan, you know, is to help, to help veterans come back and they can get into homes, you know, without any problem. Um, some states, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but as a veteran, you can walk in and get your broker's license without even being, without even going through. What? Yeah, yeah there's, 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 there's. Okay, hold there's, up. Um, Deanna, <laughs> I need you to look up. I'm going to need you to look up. <laughs> can you get your broker's license in Texas as a as a veteran? Go ahead and look that up. Can you do me a favor? Repeat the hoodhomestore.com for Charmone yep. in the chat. What was that website? Yep. yep. So it's www.hoodhomestore.com. And okay, you go good there, stuff. Yep. And I got a question too. Whenever you're ready. I'm good. I'm done. Yes, sir. No, my question is: Is there a maximum amount of money? Oh, hold on, Deanna got the question. Go ahead, Deanna. So my question is personal because I'm a veteran. Yeah, right. you got you. Got you. Yeah. <laughs> and can you repeat that question? Can you get your realtor license in Texas? This man just broke the internet when he said, "Some states, if you are a VA, if you're a veteran, gotcha. the VA will let you get your broker's license. You can skip all that. Broker, <laughs> you skip all that." You know, eight years of, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah skip all that. Yeah, you got a waiver. You have a waiver as a broker, as a as a um, veteran. You get a waiver. And I'm going to get you the actual facts of it. If I can get you a oh, Please do. Yeah. Please do. And uh, say, when you get it, you take your time. And you send that to Deanna. Because I ain't you. never wanted to be a broker ever till he just said that. <laughs> Shoot. Let me yeah. tell you. Shoot. I am a card-carrying veteran. The VA called me on the other call for my glasses. Oh, bitch, by the way, did I send that to you, that appointment to you in, in line up? Did I, did I? Yes, and you are available. Oh, yeah, I'm available because almost everything is canceled. Well, good. I need to, I need to run there. So it's my, my yes. it says, the experience requirement for brokers or broker salespersons license can be waived for an honorably discharged war veteran with a service-connected wound or disability license, and renewal fees are waived. So your renewal fees are waived, and um, you have an experience requirement that's waived as a broker, and you you so you 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 don't have to have the re, you you waive the experience requirement. So is a portion of this wave and then you can get a broker's license. So you don't have to go through all that, the eight years, which is whatever the years is in Texas. I know Texas got whatever something is. different. Yeah, it's it's something, something, it's like, I see the hours, it's like 90 hours or some 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 big amount of hours. I don't know what the, what the hour requirement yeah, is. Yeah, buddy. But yeah, it could be waived. So well, find out what that I'm is a, it. And so. 
I got a DD-214. I'm a veteran, <laughs> and I was injured. Let oh. the Lord use you, Deanna. I, I qualify. <laughs> I might move go. to Jersey and make that happen. Make it, <laughs> move to Jersey and make that happen. Good stuff. My question is, the VA, I stopped because you got me excited. My, I don't know if they hear you, but I know I'm hearing you. Yeah. You got me excited. Yeah. The VA walk hundred percent. When I heard you say hundred percent, I was like, "Yo, I heard that before, but I heard you this time." Hundred percent. Is there a so, maximum dollar amount? Can I go get me the eight point five million dollar house, or there's a cap on that? Good question. I believe the cap is the same as the HUD cap, and I believe it's seven hundred thousand. I want I want to get the facts on what that cap is, but it is a cap. And I believe it, it, it changes. Yeah, it changes. It was like seven. It's an awkward number too. It's like seven hundred fifty-six thousand or some number that's like an awkward number. But I there is a cap. Yeah. So there I can't go use. I can't go get Mike Tyson old mansion. Probably VA. not. Yeah, probably not that. You know, probably not. But I think with the VA, if I'm not specific, if I'm not um, in error, there's a the balance of it. You can pay it. So what there there's a so there is VA does allow for if you want to pay the difference yourself you can so if it's you know so they will allow for that portion so maybe you can okay. utilize okay. the maximum of it, of it and then yeah because I do know the VA right. will require for right. um yep All right. so hit the cap right, and you. the rest you pay the difference look at you because yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in the I'm in the neighborhood uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> said 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 property uh yes for that one anywho let's jump off the veterans just real quick give you i'm broke i'm gonna, i'm not broke i got a 450 because you gave me the 890 you gave me the veterans last example i got a 450 what are my steps in 90 days to get to approval gotcha and close so that 450 you need to find out whatever that big thing is that's pulling your credit down so there's a couple things on the credit report that hurt you um, with big um, judgments. I believe is thirty points. Um, ninety day late payments. Yes, ninety day late. And um, yeah, and they some of the things that ding you ding you more than others. So judgments, ninety day yeah. late payments, they hit you and they hit you in the point section harder. So depending on that's why it's important to pull that joke in. Just face it. Look at that credit mm-hmm. report. Whatever that that get that get it, you know, that little burn in your chest or whatever it feels. I bit I know it. You know, that that feeling just face it, the credit report, and look at it and see what it is that's on there. And um because there's gonna be something on it that's bringing the score down that's low. Once you identify what that is, correct that. And again, you want whatever industry you're looking to do, have that person do it, pull it. Don't and don't skip a step and say, okay, well, I'll just do this and do that. The steps are what they are, and please follow them to the letter when it comes to that point, because it's important, you know, to know that, like, you have to have um, that industry person to look at it. You know what I mean? Like, so if you want to have, I know Phil, like, Phil Pipe, like, I use like three or four times. Um, you want to use that industry expert to pull the credit so that, he can tell you what exactly you need to do to um to make the corrections. Because again, even with the VA, there may be things that the VA loan don't look at that a FHL loan loan may look at. 
And again, those, and I'm think, I'm just speaking to you on surface things. Um, um, I'm going to have a, um, on our podcast one day, this week or next week, a lender that does, um, that's a VA, I mean, not a VA specialist, but he's, he does with that. And he can get into the details because it changes a lot, you know? So it changes right, a lot right. things, but the, the particulars, and I don't want to, you know, um, but have that, that person speak on um, in particular and in, in detail about the, because it changes just like the tax codes change. However, um, so to, to that point, the question, if you got a 450, then you want to find out what it is that's pulling the credit down and then address that and then work on that. So, and you work on those things and into, from, into 90 days, you can be into a home. Uh, with a 450 FICO score, um, you start saving money, start putting your down payment money. If you have a job, you know, there's some criteria, which have gainful employment, two years worth of two years working, have um, the ability to get to get some money, a little bit of money. If you're a veteran, you don't need much. You're just paying the, the fee. There's a fee that the veteran, there's a fee that, 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 that the VA charges to keep that system going. And you pay that fee and the rest of the money could be, you know, borrowed or it could be part of, you walk into the house with no money. Absolutely. Got you. That's it. Well, you killed it. This was out of my scope of expertise. That is exactly why I got a broker and it helps me out with this part. I don't use credit. I don't even care about credit. I don't care one way or the other. F credit, as far as I'm concerned. I think it's stupid. But I use it when I need to, and I don't when I don't. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, Marcus. Mm -hmm. I've helped create three different associations, and I was president of another one. So if I can help you in any way, if you just need to bounce some ideas off of me and say, what do you think about this, or what do you think about this, I'd love to help you in any way that I can. Thank you, Phil. I definitely would there you go. take you up on that, for sure. You know, the, the phenomenon of associations is really an American concept where competitors get together at the idea that let's help each other and make our industry better. And let's not think of us as competing against each other. Let's make more, our industry better so that we can provide more value to our customers and, and make the pie bigger. Therefore, our piece will get bigger. So the whole concept of associations is, is a really unique concept that really grew out of America. There you go. Yep. Boom. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's Maurice Mohammed. He's got, oh, Carol's got a question. You made Carol cut her camera on. You know you talking <laughs> over there. Go ahead. I'm trying to do two things at one time. Um, is it better to, if you're having a problem, let's say, uh, getting into a house, let's say you don't have um, two years of straight employment, but you have a business, is it better to get a house under your business name? Well, um, when you say two years straight employment, was there a gap in the employment or what did the job change? No, just having your own business and-, and Okay. A, a 1099 well, it, 1099. Well, the, um, probably the, the road to least, least resistance would be to, if you have tax returns for, um, yourself or w2 for yourself it's a little harder to, to get a house in your um company name um however it's possible uh you may pay for it you know it depends on a couple of things if you want to you know if you um you could pay for it you could you could 
get a hard money loan, you can buy it in your, you know, in your company name, they'll put it in the company name. Um, it just may cost you more. But the, the short answer would be, it's cost effective, the co it's cheaper, the money costs less for you to do it in your own name. And if you can, if you're a W-2 in your company, let me say that. So if you pay yourself as an employee in, from your company and you are W-2 for that two years or for whatever that time period is for the last two years and you produce your tax returns for those two years, that's the solve. That seemed like that would be the solve for that is that if you, you know, if you could, if you're W-2 um, or as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an employee of your company and my feet, my, my, my pay is X amount of dollars a year probably the easiest way to do that um, because when you when you put it in your company name and I can't say I don't you know um, not saying it's impossible 90% of the time they're gonna lean on you as a personal guarantor anyway that's just been my experience unless it's a hard loan or uh, um, there's lenders out there that'll do that and won't you know you, they don't care whether you put it in your company name or your business name however you can do that for say all right I'll do this for two years and then refinance it that's another option so put it in your company name first. You're going to pay for it for two years. You might pay four or five points plus whatever the fees are. Depending. That's why it depends on the property. If the property has that equity in it, it may be worth it. The property is going to be a business property and you can pull income from it and the income is going to pay for it. It's okay to take the hit up front and win in the, on, the other, on the other end of it. So it depends on the scenario. It depends on the property. It depends on what's your exit strategy. If I, I, I could take this two years and take this hard money, I just need the property. Give me, give me hands on the property. If it takes me two years to get this property, if I got to do it under my company name, pay a little more upfront. The rates, money is so cheap. Okay, I can, I, I'll pay you twelve percent for six months, as long as you don't have me have me on no hard, no two year prepayment penalty. You know, a lot of times it's a four month prepayment penalty. I, it's gonna take me four months. After the, the fifth month, I'm gonna have the bank lined up that I'm gonna refinance with and get rid of that loan. Okay. Then I'm coming back down to four percent, three percent entry. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hopefully, answer. No, yeah, that was a good answer. That was a fantastic question too. It was a fantastic question. Me personally, I don't have nothing in my name, but that's a whole different conversation. I am a poor person. I am poor. I just control stuff that has money attached to it. Right. That is. That is a conversation for tax time with your CPA. There you go. All right. Good stuff. The It's always better to control than to own, though. Now, that, I can tell you, is a universal principle, at least of capitalism. Universal. Would you, if you control a million dollars, you don't have to pay the taxes of a million dollars. That's a fact. We call that tax strategies. If you own a million dollars, you must now pay the taxes of the ownership of a million dollars. It is why Warren Buffett's secretary, although Warren Buffett shares, excuse me, pays his fair share in taxes. Say it that way. It's why people who work for him pay more in taxes because the name of the tax is called income tax. Wow. Yes. I don't make an income. 
I live off my assets. There's a big difference. Remember, the name of the tax is called income tax. Wow. Just want to throw that out there. Yes, yes. yes. I got to say something this class. There you go. Throw it out there. Right? Yeah. Income <laughs> tax. I do everything I can not to make an income. I do everything I can. Everything. If I can never make an income ever again, I would. That doesn't mean I don't make money. It just doesn't come from income. All right. Charmone mm-hmm. says I caught that. Good, good. Yeah, remember, this is income tax. Cash flow is not income. Y'all, I can't, I'd be saying a whole bunch of stuff without saying it. Mm -hmm. It just don't come up. But cash flow, that's differently. That's taxed differently. I'm not saying it's not taxed. But cash flow is taxed differently. Let me just say that. I deal with a lot. The money that comes my way has already had taxes paid on it. The government already has its share from the money that I typically receive. Now the government comes after me because just now I've got to pay now, but the pay has already had, it's the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA. Pre-tax dollars, after-tax dollars is the, the conversation I'm having here. Rent money already has taxes that has come out of it from FICA. So by legality, it must be taxed differently because it's already been taxed. You get it? Mm-hmm. All right, good. Well, I know you get it, but you know, I'm just trying to make sure. It's, it's Grace going to church. She gives her tithes 12 months out of the year. Then she gets back her income tax refund. Grace is not obligated to give 10% of her income tax refund because it's a refund on the income that she already overpaid. All 12 months, she has tied it off her income. So this is a refund of too much. She can give a donation to a church. What's the word? Offering. But it won't be tithes and offering. So I can't require grace or guilt her into paying one-tenth of something she already did all year because that income tax refund in itself is taxed differently because it's already been taxed. That's why I don't have to worry about that when you get those. Go ahead, uh, Carol. So my other question uh, then is, if you are a reverend, okay, if you got, if you've been ordained, mm-hmm. and um, and you buy a house, mm-hmm. and let's say every Sunday or whenever you want to do it, every Saturday, whatever, you have a gathering, and you go over things, can you use that to pay to your taxes? Can you use it to does do it what? Lower, you went out to bury it. Yeah. Does it lower oh. taxes? Can you let me? I got you. I got you. I'm going to ask you the spirit of the question in a way it won't get me in trouble. 
yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But but I can answer the question. I can answer the question. If your house is part of your church duties, then there are tax benefits you can use in that manner. Legal. This is part of the way it's set up. If your, I'm going to repeat that because I'm going to say something, I'm going to put some more stronger stuff on it. If your house is part of your church duties, can be proven in an audit. Maybe the church pays for it. Or maybe as a pastor, the members pay your utilities while you pay the boy, anything like that, something, something like that. Then you have a, a, a justification for doing that. As a pastor, you may not need to do too much of that. Because your benefit, Liddell said in chat, housing alliance, is the separation of church and state. You already are not paying taxes on what came from the church in the first place. Now, if you're a bivocational pastor, that means a pastor that has a job, you're trying to shield that money, the, the you know, Caesar's money away from the you know the taxes now what you would have to do is the best thing for you to always do and i feel very comfortable saying this as not a cpa is to always keep this stuff separate it would make your life easy okay is i've never been hurt by anything i've never said or never did it's the greatest advice the last job I ever had, the boss told me that. Antonio, English accent, Chris Goodrell. I've never been hurt by anything I've never said or never did. If you keep this stuff separate, you can never get hurt. That's for sure. Okay, because you never blended it. Now, with your job, if you're bivocational, that money is going to, in most cases, apply to what money is in the world of IRSness. But your pastorness, there is a opportunity to to we call them let's just say tax deductions for you know you can get deductions for doing things that you can but you have to file same way you do a business. I, I have a job and I have a business, but now you're putting the risk, well, not the risk, the, but now you're putting the government, you're unseparating the separation of church and state if you do that. And you are losing your own protections for $500 deduction, deductions, right? You get, me, you get what I'm saying? I'm trying to, yeah, yeah, that's the... The whole point, well, not the whole point, but the benefit, I should say, is it's a separation of church and state. If you attempt to combine them, and you did that, 
and now you get to either benefit from that or de-benefit from that. That'll be up to you. So the first part, you didn't ask that second part, but I gave it to you. But the first part is, if it is tied into your duties, you can get some deductions. And if you're a pastor, then you're automatically under separation church and state. And there's stuff, not just a pastor, any religious leader of anything of any kind, you're already under that separation of church and state so that it works differently for you. That's a benefit. And it's also a gripe as well between, you know, it's a gripe. I can, I can, the same way I'm doing for, cause that's the question you asked. I can do against two, right. And a good, a good argument, but there you go. Did that help you? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. Just remember moving forward, you already have the benefit of separation of church and states, which means you're not even paying taxes that way. You understand? So you want to make sure most of your in well, I mean, I, I, I said that, I'm getting in trouble. You monitor where most of your income comes from and adjust your taxes as such. Okay. Got me? Okay. All right. Good. Good. Thank you. All right. Let me just throw this out there. I've made sure that I answered that question. And I didn't answer that question. They can come back and bite me in the buttocks later. All right. <laughs> just wanted to say that. <laughs> Good stuff. I know. Look, I know how to get real political real quick, Phil. Real quick. I know how to. <laughs> real quick. I know how. I know how. Anything else you got, Maurice? Put a cherry on top of this. This is fantastic. No, nah, nah, just, yeah, that, just that, um, um, just the nonprofit status, you know, it's a it's a good thing to look into and study it because there's a lot of benefits that come with that separation part of it. And, you know, like you mentioned, having a good CPA or someone, tax person to kind of walk you through that because um, I didn't realize that they don't pay even, if, as a nonprofit, you don't even pay um, taxes on your property. I yeah, property that's that, the point. You know, yeah. yeah. No, no taxes yeah. in, uh, at all. I mean, yeah. Home, the tax properties that um, I had a deal that closed and they made a mistake because the person it was for some reason but they didn't pay taxes the property tax was not on the HUD you know so like when you closed they didn't have property tax and they left it that way and so when the new new owners went into the house they kept it that way so they didn't charge them for a few months, even almost six months. I got a call from the buyer six months later saying, hey, they made a mistake on my taxes. You know, um, um, but that was the way I learned that you didn't, you know, and it was because of that nonprofit status. So there's a lot of things and, you know, have a good good accountant and a good CPA, you know, definitely want to say to get someone um, on your team that can kind of help you navigate through that because especially that's because it changes all the time. It's constantly changing. So you want someone that that's what he does to kind of keep you in the loop of it and keep you abreast of the, the things that are changing because it's constantly changing those loopholes. But for the most part, like, you know, Antonio was saying that the benefit of it, um, you know, is to your, to your benefit as a pastor or a religious leader, or, you know, it depends how you structure. And it's a lot of creative ways that's legal, legally, you know, 
portion of your property, even as a business owner. If you use your um, a portion of your property or office, you can write that portion of your property off in taxes. I'm sure you know most of us on here know that you know that, but there's just a lot of benefits to that. That's all I wanted to add. I right, that. right. No, no, yeah, that's that's yeah. why I I wanted to. I, that's exactly why. Like you're already benefiting, so you don't want to unbenefit your benefit. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yeah. You want to be careful. You know, you understand. You want to be careful. You don't want to unbenefit your benefit. You already benefiting. Keep benefiting, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep benefiting. Good stuff. Well, if there's no other questions, thank you, man. You did a fantastic job, Deanna. He needs. He needs the. Can you do me a favor right after this call? Send him the link to all these videos. All these videos, send in the link so you can just it just keep using that same link, and that way you can keep downloading and putting them putting them on your platform. Okay. Yeah, download, upload. She got all of them. She's been working on it. So I've been behind getting it to you, but she got them all in order, titles and stuff, right? And they're just the same link. It's in Dropbox, and then you just download and put them on your platform too. Okay. All right. Appreciate cool. it. Cool. Thank y'all, Antonio T. Smith Jr. You can plan better. You can dominate. See you later, everybody, for keynotes. Let's talk Tuesday, all that good stuff. All right. No, very welcome. Very welcome. All right, everybody. Our next guest is the CEO of a Facebook competitor. It is called MeWe. It is a next-gen social platform with a focus on privacy. The company has surpassed five and a half million members. CEO Mark Weinstein with us now in a Fox Business exclusive. Welcome to the program, Mark. Glad to have you with us. So why the focus on privacy? You are taking advantage of Facebook's public stumbles? Well, Deirdre, I'm one of the guys who invented social networks, and it was never, social networks were never invented to be what we call now surveillance capitalism, which is what Facebook is. Their members are not customers to serve, their data to sell and data to target. So it really, MeWe is a full, fully, you know, fledged uh, social network with all the features people love. The privacy is a pr- our privacy bill of rights. We don't sell your data. We don't target you. We don't mess up your news feeds. We have a freemium business model, so everything you love is free. And you can, you know, traditional capitalism, great capitalism. You can spend money on in-app purchases, or you can just enjoy the free service. There's nothing, you know, you can't be targeted for your vote or your opinion. Um, it's social media the way it was meant to be. So then, Mark, honestly, how do you make money? Because we all know when we use Facebook, it's free for the user, but we know because we are not paying that we become the product. So that Facebook is gathering data on us, and I think some people even say Facebook isn't a social company, it's a data company. But then how do you make money? Are people paying your company for subscriptions? No, no, it's very important. MeWe is free forever. But now we know that the freemium model works, and MeWe, is, we're doing great with revenue. We have 2,800 free emojis, but we've got great custom emojis, custom stickers. So live people voice, pay live you video for those. A pay option. Right, and, and live voice, live video, secret encrypted chat. Uh, MeWe pages are $1.99 a month, but you reach 100% of your followers all the time. So for $24 a month, you don't have to boost anything. So if you have 500,000 followers or 5,000 followers or 10 million followers, you reach everybody. At Facebook, you reach 5%. you got to pay to boost, and then their algorithm messes the whole thing up anyhow. So MeWe is really true, pure social media. It's social networking done right, and people love it. Yeah, so, we're growing 
organically with no ads and, and, and we're not even marketing MeWe and we're growing by tens of thousands of people every day. So Mark, we have some stats about your company as you're speaking, five and a half million users right now, which is impressive. But how are you going to keep growing that? Because one telephone is not so fun, two telephones work. Basically, you need more people to sign up. Well, people are signing up, Deirdre, every day. And here's the beautiful thing about MeWe. So we also have some major, major deals that are not announced with some huge influencers worldwide. But even without them, we grew 405% last year. We're targeting, you know, we actually target, we'll have over 30 million members by the end of this year, over 150 million by the end of next year. We're growing twice as fast already this year. And people also move in groups. This is really, we have never seen something like this. So constituents move to people. So many people are censored or blocked or violated on Facebook and they all move to MeWe. So it, the growth is fantastic. Quick question, Mark. You say Facebook as an aside should not be broken up. Why is that? Listen, we compete with Facebook great. Snap competes with Facebook. Twitter competes with Facebook. Breaking up Facebook doesn't solve the problem that they are a surveillance company transacting data. By the way, also transacting data from non-members. They track all of us. Remember, the Cambridge Analytica CEO said they had data on 230 million adult, really every adult in America. Now, Facebook's new rules that you talked about today, that's a bunch of BS. Facebook has had rules the whole time. They break their rules all the time. That's the problem. The rules right. of Facebook mean nothing. Mark, we thank you very much for the time. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the growth. Thank you, Deirdre. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1%, and they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money, and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now, and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires. Right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. 
All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody that will teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family? My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money, and now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy, I've homeschooled my own children, and I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy, famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me 
to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man in the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. Let me be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10 extra retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost. I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 
48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True, but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if, the, if, it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out uh, review and rate candidates four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter it is a blessing and no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about, well, you go to ziprecruiter.com slash B2B, all spelled the regular way. That's zip, Z-I-P, recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.